Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Playoff time, final rounds. Kyle Porter here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Um, this is this is the this is a fun time because the BMW sets the stage. We've got 70 golfers here. Then that cut will go from 70 to 30 for the Tour Championship at East Lake, and uh, and after a week off, everything. Everything is refocused. Kyle, how was your weekend away from golf? Do you feel recharged and re-energized for, uh, for this next little stretch of golf, which includes also, uh, and we will be previewing here on the show, the President's Cup. But how are how you feeling? I'm good. I do feel, I do feel a little re-energized. You know, it was, I, I, I can't, I think it was like 37 weeks in a row with a PGA Tour event. Um. And then last week, and some of those weeks, you had two of them, obviously, with the opposite field events. And then, uh, obviously, last week, they they took a little time off. And, uh, yeah, it was good. You know, I think it's obviously good for the players, and people don't really care about those of us who cover it. But it's it's nice for us, too, that we can uh, enjoy college football and uh, reintroduce ourselves to our families, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, it was it was fun to, to have a week off. But I, I'm excited about you know, these final two events, there's a lot of kind of different storylines, uh, that are going to unfold over the last, uh, two or three weeks. And then, uh, the president's cup is always, it's not usually very dramatic, but it's usually uh, pretty fun. I, I, and I think this team, this year's U S team in particular will be, uh, really fun and interesting. Just, even as sort of a, a a preview of sorts of, of next year's Ryder Cup. So I'm it, looking forward to that yeah, as well. It's it's a preview of next year's Ryder Cup and it's uh, a chance to see this this group of uh stars that have been rising up, you know, a lot of first time players in one of, in like the most fun format to watch golf, the team golf, the whole weekend of the competition. Yeah, totally. And you know, it, you've got a lot of I can't remember off the top of my head how many rookies are on uh, the U.S. team, but Justin Thomas will be a and, and this is rookies not to uh, the President's Cup, but to either the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup. Daniel so Berger? Any, any team event. So it's Berger, Thomas, um, Kisner, Charlie Hoffman. Um, Kepka's not a rookie. He was on the Ryder Cup team. I, I think there's one other that I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, Kevin Chappell is a rookie. So... Um, not all those guys are young guys, but, but Thomas and Berger in particular, I, I think are exciting when you think about kind of the future of, of Ryder cups and president's cup or, uh, yeah, president's cups in the future. All right. Number of, uh, BMW storylines I want to get into, uh, including a course that moves around your, uh, picks to win your top 10 locks, looking at the top of the field and how we think that's going to shake out. But I, I got to jump straight into something because, uh, former or, Friend of the podcast, Sean Martin, friend of Kyle Porter, you guys are are plugged into the the same the same wavelength, and I think that there's more around the golf community, the uh, the golf Twitterati that are. He's got he's got Patrick Cantlay as his projected champion, number forty one in the FedEx Cup standings. You've got him as your sleeper this week. What am I missing yeah. on Patrick Cantlay? 
Uh, he well, so you, we've talked about this. You you know my thing. I always go I always go back to pedigrees. He's got a great pedigree. Uh, played at UCLA, uh, won a ton uh, in his junior uh, and amateur career. I think he won a lot. I, I don't know how many events he won at UCLA, but he was a stud. He was, uh, I think he was low AM at the Masters, I want to say, in like 2011 or 12. Um, he, he got in into that while he was still at UCLA. He, he's got a great pedigree. And, you know, it was interesting. I was reading, uh, Jordan Spieth was asked about Cantley last week, and he said that, that dude's a future uh, top 10 player in the world. Uh, or, I mean, that was just his opinion. I don't think he was like, <laughs> like he, he wasn't like saying that it was going to happen, but he was just saying, I, I feel like he's a, a, a top 10 guy and he's just somebody that, um, he doesn't play a lot. Like, yeah. I was going to say 11 only events, his, only 11 yeah, events this year, which compared to like the rest of the, you know, most of the, the FedEx cup standings, you're seeing like 25, 21, 22 events, but like, 11 is less than Henrik Stenson's 14 or Sergio's 15. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Uh, he's been he's been injured a lot throughout kind of the early part of his career. He had obviously a back injury for a long time. Uh, he's had an ankle injury, I believe, this year. Um, but he's a he's a stud. I mean, if if you look at if you watch him just fr- from a from a ball striking perspective, I, I don't know what his strokes gain stats are but he is um he, he's he's very much in the conversation with the Daniel Burgers and the Brooks Kepkes and uh, Justin Thomas has kind of risen above that a little bit this year but uh he's kind of the kind of a forgotten guy among among those guys but uh I don't know if he played more I mean it's hard to say because you you could say, well, if you played 38 times a year, well, you'd, you'd probably fall off a little if you played 38 times a year. But I just I think that if he is able to stay healthy and put in a, a full schedule, I think he's got a chance to be a, 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 a really good player for a long time. Uh, T10 at the Northern Trust, T3 at RBC Heritage, uh, runner-up at the Valspar, and strokes gain stats, not enough to join the rankings. Mm, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, all right, listen, this is a, this is a tournament that moves around a little bit. Um, what are you expecting from the course, uh, this weekend? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, by the way, Cantlay is, uh, 1.18 strokes gain T to green, which is, is pretty good. I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where that would place him if he had enough rounds to qualify, but that's, that's pretty solid. Um, Conway Farms is it's going to be a, a birdie birdie festival, birdie bonanza. Are we talking like John um, Deere kind of scores here? Yeah, I mean not quite. I mean John Deere is like kind of on it, kind of in a category of its own. But <laughs> but we could see twenty. Twenty could be the winning uh, level to par score here. Yeah, I think twenty uh, two won it in two thousand fifteen. Jason Day, I believe it was twenty two under. Um, 2013 Jim Furyk shot 59 here and so yeah you're gonna see it's gonna be there's gonna be some low scores and uh, it's gonna be fun you know I I really like that the BMW moves around uh, quite a bit you know they they played it at uh, Cherry Hills a few years ago I believe Billy Horschel won it there Um, they played it at Crooked Stick which is obviously where John Daly won the uh, 1991 PGA Championship 
they played it there, I believe, last year when DJ won it. So I, I like that. I think it's fun when a when a tournament moves around like that, sort of like a major championship. Um, but yeah, it's it's back at Conway Farms. Um, it, this is uh, it'll probably be the lowest scoring event of the playoffs. Um, I don't need every event to be twenty two under as the winner, but it is fun when it happens, and especially when you get. Uh, the, the essentially the 70 best guys on the PGA Tour this year teeing it up to uh, to try to get to Eastlake for 10 mil. Is this the no cut or is it only next weekend that's no cut? Uh, no, I believe it's yeah, it's no cut this week because uh, they wouldn't really have anything to to cut it down to. So yeah, you'll see. It, it, it's actually kind of weird because the first two days they started at uh, not until like 10 a.m. And then on the weekend, they have to start early. It's one of the rare tournaments where they start earlier on the weekend than they do on weekdays because you go from threesomes down to down to pairings, but everybody's still uh, still in the mix. So it's kind of a it's kind of uh, an oddity like that. Do we see times where uh, because of that, like massive moves can be made um, in at a place that's scorable where they can, Normally, when you tell me about a tournament that is going to have uh, a finishing, a winning score that's you know twenty two or twenty one under, that you know if if you go out there and shoot even par, then you could be in trouble. But at a course where uh, Jim Furyk shot a fifty nine, is that one of those where like you're not even going to have a good idea of what the top ten is going to look like until late in the day on Saturday? Yeah, I think so, and and I think that makes it that makes it fun because like, you know, at, at any course you play, any, anybody can go out and shoot like one over, right? Like it just happens. Like you're just off, you play terribly, whatever. But at somewhere like that, you, you just, it, it feels like you get a wider, um, variation of scores. That's probably not actually true. Like if you look at the variation of scores at across events, it's probably the same at most places, but it feels like it here because you're, you're, your lower end is really low. It's 60s, 61, 62s. Uh, and then your high end is like three over par or four over par or whatever. Um, I don't totally, I don't totally know what I'm trying to say with that, but w- w- essentially like, let's say you shoot two under on the first day. You're like, how am I going to get to 20? You right. know? Well, you can go out and shoot a 60 on the second day. And then all of a sudden the, the path to get to 20 under is pretty easy. So, that makes it super exciting for me because you see all these guys who are playing really well, like Justin Thomas and and DJ and those guys, they can shoot 61 uh, at any point right now, you know, especially on a course like this. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that and, and uh, it should make for an an exciting weekend. Do you think that we'll see uh, someone other than one of the top, let's say six or seven players come out and win this thing? Not really. I mean, they, they've just they've they've so thoroughly dominated the first two events. It's it's hard to imagine anything other than that continuing to happen. You know, we we, we talked about this I think last week, but between DJ JT Spieth and John Rahm, three of those guys have finished in the top five in the first two events, and the winner has come out of that group in each of the first two events. I don't really see a reason that's going to change this week. Um, or next week, really, at the Tour Championship. You know, I, it could happen. Um, it, it's probably even likely that it will happen. But just from my perspective, it's it's difficult to envision it happening. We've uh, we've kind of wrapped up 
the in our last show, I think we were talking about Justin Thomas as the uh, the player of the year. Is that is that a, a something that at this point you even still work through your head? Like if Dustin Johnson were to win this, then win at Eastlake and win the uh, the FedEx Cup, does does he all of a sudden take that mantle from uh, JT? If if who if who did it, Dustin Johnson? Yeah. Mm, the no. no the no major the no major bid the I've just won yeah. more than anyone and I won the playoffs. I think the I think the only I think Spieth is the only guy because if DJ wins the next let's say DJ wins the next two so he would have won three of the four playoff events and he'd have six wins which is would be one more than Thomas I think Thomas's major uh, is just it just is is too much for DJ to overcome now. I do think if Spieth wins the next two and he's got the open, um, what would that put him at? Five wins total. So he matches Thomas and wins the FedEx Cup and won the and won the open championship. I think that would I think that would do it. But I think he has to win the next two. I don't think I don't think winning one of them will get it done. So I in my mind, it's pretty much over unless Spieth just just loses it over the over the next two weeks and just just burns the whole thing down. Which would which would be very entertaining. Like I'm here for it. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean that's the that's the the problem is I don't I don't I don't know if I've uh I don't know if I see it. I don't think I can project that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you can obviously see him winning Eastlake cuz he's done that before, but just to and part of it is because uh you know, he he it, it it's almost impossible to, to finish in the top five in all four playoff events. And he's already done it twice. And so you're like, is he really going to do that? You know, in like, I think, I think one of those top guys will, will win or, or come close to winning, but is it really going to be Spieth and in, in all four of them? Like, it, it's just that kind of consistency at the very top is so difficult, but I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of made an early career out of surpassing people's expectations. So I, I it could happen, but it, it's, Seems pretty unlikely. All right. Um, gonna get into your official picks for this here in a second. Uh, but of course, you know that this uh this first cut podcast with Kyle Porter is uh we it's all about teamwork. We call each other up, we 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 go into we finish, we talk about college football for a little bit, then we get into you know the the meat of the PGA tour. And uh, and and that kind of team can only come together with the right decision making uh, from an employer. And if you're an employer uh, and you're hiring right now, then you might not have enough time to go and search out the best candidates. But that's why ZipRecruiter is the best option for you. See, ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Think about how much time that saves. See, their powerful technology brings candidates to you. It brings them to you and you are able to sort them out and rate them and manage them all with one easy to use dashboard. You don't have to juggle emails. You don't have to worry about calls. Everything is done through ZipRecruiter. See, in fact, only even 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. So listeners of the First Cut podcast can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. All right. 
two part question because I know the I know your answer and I want to dissect it, but I've got a follow up. So your winner prediction for the BMW is Dustin Johnson. And is he your pick to win the FedEx Cup at this point? Uh, I think I'm sticking with Fowler. Sick. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Fowler all the way to the end. Sick. <laughs> so what? So Fowler needs to finish like second or third, probably to finish in the t- to be in the top five going into East Lake, right? I think so. I, I the math is is uh, come on, is Sean. Hazy. The Where math is hazy at this point, but yeah, he he can surpass. Uh, who's directly ahead of him? John Rahm yeah. and Hideki Matsuyama. He can surpass. I, I, he, yeah, I, I think he has to finish second there, maybe maybe fourth, depending on what those guys do. But he he's got to be pretty high up there. All right. Uh, well, let me play this out on the DJ train. Um, what do you think winning the with the winning the FedEx Cup, finishing the year strong? Do you think that changes the way that we view uh, Dustin Johnson? And his uh, his current trajectory and where he stands among you know the alphas in golf and and sort of his positioning moving forward being you know several years senior to uh, this crop that he he's competing with right now. I, I don't think it changes it. I mean, he he's a guy that I expect to win the FedEx Cup at some point. You know, like he just it went, he wins so much that. It just feels a little bit like an inevitability. I, I do think your point about him being older, like it, it, it's kind of weird, right? Like he's almost um, like you've got your late thirties group of of stars of like the Justin Roses and Sergio Garcias of the world, the Henrik Stenson. He's he's in his forties, kind of this this older group of uh, a lot of really European stars. Um, and then you've got your your younger guys like your your I would say uh, Jason Days and younger like the thirty to twenty five and like the that's, Rory, is Ricky at twenty eight yeah Ricky's at twenty eight Rory's twenty eight like that that kind of group um, Spieth is and and JT are almost uh twenty you know they're, I would include them in that because they're um they're almost twenty five years old um so <laughs> kind of that that mid to late twenties group. Um, and then you've got like the mid thirties. It, it's like DJ. Yeah. And I, I, I don't have the world rankings in front of me, but he, he just, it feels like he's sort of, um, age wise kind of, kind of by himself. You know, I'm looking at the top, uh, let's see the top 20 in the world. Alex Norn is there, but I wouldn't consider him like a, like a star or a superstar really. Kutcher is late thirties. Paul Casey's late thirties. Uh, it's kind of weird, right? Like, like he's like the only one between like thirty and thirty-five that is that is really, um, you know, Adam Scott is is. I guess you could throw him in there, although he's outside of the top twenty in the world right now. Um, but it, it it is kind of weird in terms of like the way the ages break down. He he's sort of on his own, and I don't I don't know what that means for his future or um, his game or whatever. But I, I do think that when we think about these guys, he's probably got a long, longer runway than your Sergio's and, and guys like that, just because he's still, what is he? I think he's 30 DJ's like 33 or so. So he's got, he's got a long time to, to, to continue to be great. I think he could get to 20, 25 wins, a couple more majors, something like that. As long as he is, um, 
as as long as he continues on the trajectory that he's on right now. But that's uh, it's still you know, like he's he he's thirty three. Who because of his athletically arrogant swing and body and you know regiment and routine and the grilled chicken and spinach and the private chef and working out all the time like because of that you know he he might have a uh, a longer runway than the average 33 year old but i mean we're also talking about father time here like i'm i'm fascinated to see if like it doesn't seem like because of the way because of his physical because he's a physical specimen, you don't think of him as a someone who's in their mid thirties. But it's uh, it. I wonder if that's gonna ever sort of like twist the way that we because we don't group him in with the older players, and we do for right now have him probably skewing younger than he actually is. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think that well, the we'll go ahead. Here's here's the thing about DJ. Like you see guys in their in their mid to late thirties sometimes fall off. Like Hunter Mahan's a good example, right? Yes. And there there are innumerable reasons that this happens. Um, a lot of it is, I it, it could be anything. It could be family related. Like you just want to spend more time with your family. You don't want to you don't want to practice as much. You've made all the money. You don't really care. Like the two things that I think DJ has going for him is I don't think he really does or cares about anything else like i think this is just like his his thing like is dj gonna retire and like start a like you know be kobe and like start a business like that that's not gonna happen and the second is that he's been doing this for the last three or so years with a family like like with his life as it will probably be in the next five to ten years so it's not like there's this big change that is necessarily coming for him. Maybe stuff happened. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but he's, he's been doing it um, at a really high level for the last two or three years in, in the same sort of setting that he will probably be in for the next five to eight to 10 years. So I, I don't, I don't know. Like both of those things I think should be encouraging if you're a DJ fan that this is going to continue on for, for quite a while. So Bubba's 38 and you talk about Bubba and interest sometimes. I would not be surprised if DJ at 38 is maybe given those Kepka lines talking about getting fired up for the majors and everything else is just out there, you know, a day getting the cuts in. Yeah, maybe. I, I just, what is he going to do? Like Bubba like owns like a minor league team. He owns a candy store. Like he's, you know, like he does weird Bubba stuff. Like what is DJ going to do? Like go play hockey, ice hockey, baseball, Tebow, <laughs> Tim, Timmy Tebow coming from the golf scene. The St. Lucie Mets are about to get <laughs> Dustin Johnson on the mound throwing heaters that'd be great i'd love it good for good for the content um yeah i just i who knows like i i think dj is sort of a unique individual and in that i i don't know how many guys like him there have been in golf if any ever both from a mental and physical standpoint um so i we, we don't really have i i feel like a a um a prototype of, of what DJ is on, on any level. And, and I think that, I think the end of his career is going to be really interesting. Like how long 
can he keep up that advantage that he has off the tee? You know, like how long will his body hold up to, to be able to do that? Uh, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but it's going to be interesting to find out. What's, uh, who do you think has a better finish this week? Speeth or Thomas? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess speed. He, he's just with Thomas, like obviously his, his, sixth gear is just so impressive um i don't trust him on a consistency level like i trust spieth um but he could also win the tournament so i don't know i I, i'll I'll say spieth though spieth um can you talk me into believing that hideki's gonna come in here and uh and show and show a spark and make himself part of the conversation because i find myself not uh, including him the way that the ranking should have him included in this group, particularly the way he was playing going into the playoffs. Yeah. Isn't it weird with Hideki? Like if, uh, if Spieth is not playing well, everybody's like, man, what's, what's Spieth doing? Like, where's he at? And then like, if Hideki doesn't play well, like you don't even like think about it. Yeah. Like you're like, like two weeks later, you'd be like, I wonder what Hideki's been doing. He's been (laughs) missing cuts. Like it's, it is, it is odd that, when he's at the top, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, Hideki's like the third best player in the world. And then when he doesn't play well, you forget about him. Um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, – I, I can't remember what the – he played pretty well last uh, – not last week, but last time out at, at TPC Boston. Um, I, I saw something about him struggling on the on the greens at the Northern Trust. They were a little bit different. Uh, uh, so I don't know. I think he's going to play all right. I, I don't – you know, Hideki rides these like really, like really, really hot heaters for a couple weeks, and then he kind of, kind of goes away for a little bit, and then comes back and whatever. So he, he's kind of a, I, I find him to be a lot more difficult to predict than a lot of guys. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I'm not feeling it coming in, but who knows? I mean, he could obviously go out and win the tournament. Um, you talk about some of the interesting storylines. There's uh, big names along the cut list. Um, who of that group, maybe outside the top 30 right now, that you think are going to be able to put together a good, uh, a good four rounds of golf and be able to to move up in the list and secure a spot at Eastlake? Patrick Cantlay, of course. At 41. We've already mentioned him. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, I, I guess probably Phil, you know, Phil is, what is he? 36th. Yeah. 36. Sergio's 34th. I, I think either, either one of those guys, the, the Phil thing, like his whole deal at, at, uh, at the Dell technologies was, it was kind of odd. Like the ill, the mystery illness that he wouldn't disclose and like, but he has more energy than he's had in years. And I don't know. Like that whole thing was, I think Phil like sometimes just has to like talk himself into playing well. And I'm not saying that he didn't have anything wrong, but he is, uh, he's kind of psychological in that way. So I, I guess him just cause he played so well at, at, uh, at the Dell technologies, I think Rory would have to like win the tournament or come close to it to get into that top 30. Um, which by the way, I just looked up, uh, strokes gained T to green, Patrick Cantlay, 13th, would be 13th on the PGA Tour if he had enough rounds. You know who would be third? Rory. Or who is third? Yeah, Rory. Yeah. No, but it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't he not have enough? Does he have enough to qualify? 
Yeah, well, he kind of bounces in and out, but right now he does have okay. enough to qualify. Isn't do, doesn't it not feel like he's been third on the PGA Tour in strokes gain tee to green this year? Mm, I don't know, man. That's kind of one of your uh, that's one of your anchors, Kyle. Like you've told me and you've shared on Twitter where Rory would be. That's how I knew that. Yeah, it, you know, it's, you're it's right. Weird. It's it's a very it's a very good point. But I think that you've you've gotten me too tuned into it already. <laughs> like, like that's what I'm saying. Like like whatever whatever uh, whatever is. Uh, did you know that Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas were friends? Is Kyle Porter saying? Do you did you know where Rory ranks T to Green right now? <laughs> that's so good. He's also T one twenty eight in putting. So here's here's the thing, that Chip. Like this is gonna be. As you just noted, this is going to be one of my number one storylines going into 2018 is that people are going to be like, you know, Rory is whatever, like he doesn't care, he's not good, or I don't know. I don't know what people are going to say, but if you, like, the thing that doesn't change is ball striking. Like guys are either great ball strikers or they're not, and I think if you're a Rory fan, like, and you and you look at his ball striking from this year, you you have to say, like, you have to be encouraged about next year and and into the future. It's not like he's 111th in ball striking. That would be concerning. That would be like, oh my gosh, like this is this is not good. This is going downhill. But the top three are DJ Spieth and and Rory, and those are the you know three of the best players in the world. And and I just think that you know. And he's talked about this. He's got to tighten up his wedges and become a better putter. And, and if he's able to to take some time in the offseason to do that, I think he's going to have a really big 2018. Um, I, know, right. I know that's shocking that I think Rory's going to have a big 2018. <laughs> it's all right. I'll take I'll t- I'll take uh, Kyle. I mean, I'll take Kyle banging uh, his strokes gain tee to green stats in my head over somebody swooping in. Uh, swooping in to just fire swooping in what, what's it called uh they always blame the national writers for doing this in college football just swooping in and just pasting a, a very like widely read story about somebody with a whole bunch of generalizations like yeah uh yeah somebody parachutes in to just fire off some rory hot takes about how he's lost it like what yeah, was, yeah nah <laughs> get out of my timeline <laughs> yeah uh block all right, who's your top 10 lock? Uh, Paul Casey. Paul Casey's had a really good year. Eight top 10s this year, a couple of top fives in the first two playoff events. He can't, for some reason, he can't buy a win, but he's he's been uh, really uh, consistently in inside the top 10. So, uh, yeah, I'm in on Paul Casey this week. Um, and you mentioned Cantlay as your sleeper. You're sticking with Ricky as uh the player to win it all riding that all the way yep um McElroy needs to to win the thing rom john rom john rom expectations uh, well he had the pleasure of playing with uh playing the pro-am today with chris solomon of no laying up oh my gosh so by the way john rom i brought this up to some buddies john rom fewest uh number of uh twitter followers in his group today between Solly yeah. and uh, yeah, it was him, Solly, uh, Brian Erlacher, and uh, uh, one of the Bachelor uh, contestants, Ben Higgins. Sure, 
Not. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So I, I was looking at at all their uh, all their followers, and Rom needs to pick it up. <laughs> Not good. But no, I. He's. Uh, do you? Right, do you think that uh, is is John Rom at least tuned in to the awareness of no laying up? I don't know. I I he. he I could be swayed either way on that. Um, like he might be like all in or he might just like not care about it at all. Yeah. Um, silly American bloggers. Yeah, exactly. No, with, with Rom, I thought it was really interesting. He said this, I think it was after the second round at, at Dell technologies when he was leading, he said that he, he almost outpaced his own expectations for himself so much that, in the middle of his season, he was like, I don't know where to go from here. And so he, 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 he kind of like insinuated that he lost focus and he didn't, he, he was just kind of like wandering around, you know, because he, you know, he wins, uh, farmers, he almost wins colonial, he wins in Ireland, um, at the Irish open. And so he said it, it took a couple of, of months of like, Hey, I need to reset my expectations, figure out what I want to achieve uh, and then get there. I thought that was really interesting because it, it gave some really good insight into the way that the PGA tour players function. Like they need goals that, that they can uh, achieve and accomplish. And, and because Rom had, had uh, kind of overstepped his own goals for himself, he, he didn't have anything to focus on. So he wasn't, he didn't really know like how to, what to do. I know that sounds dumb, but no, I, no, I, it totally. Actually, it actually makes sense. Is that like when you surprise yourself with the fast start when you're playing golf and then all of a sudden you get panicky? I think so. Like if, like if I, you've got yeah. your you've got your goal of what you want to shoot across 18 holes, all of a sudden you get on a quick hot streak and you start counting up like, oh my goodness. Oh, oh no. What's going on? <laughs> it usually goes badly for me after that. Right, um, always. Because but yeah. You, yeah. you're supposed to take it one event at a time. And when you try and go big picture, you all of a sudden you get lost, you get distracted. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I think that's exactly what it's like. So yeah, I think that, uh, you know, his first two playoff events, he's been in, I think he's been top five in both of them, I believe. Um, and yeah. he's, he's been playing great again. So I, I just think that he is a, uh, I think he's going to be a mainstay in, in the world top 10 for the next however many years um i don't know if he's gonna win the fedex cup this year but he could he's in the top five right now yeah giving himself a chance um, yeah we'll see all right he is kyle porter you can follow him on twitter at kyle porter cbs kyle do you have more twitter followers than john rom (laughs) i don't oh Uh, i think i'm getting closer though so all right let's get kyle more twitter followers than john rom go follow (laughs) kyle porter at kyle porter cbs Uh, you can follow me at chip underscore patterson Uh, Kyle, thank you very much. Okay, Chip. We'll talk to you later.